and your promises. And Father, allowing us to understand your greatness and your sovereignty. We thank you that you are in control of your creation and all things. And therefore, we can put our faith and trust in you and know that you do all things well, even though we may not understand. And now, Father, I pray that you would bless our time in the word once again. And we'll give you the praise as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'll take your Bibles, let's turn to our book that we have been studying, 1 Peter, and we're still in chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Of course, as you recall, the title of this series is Alien Life. And again, we see as we go through our study... Again, we are constantly reminded by Peter that we are aliens in this world, that we don't belong here. We're just traveling through. Uh, And again, um, as I think I'm thinking of of the message I brought this morning, weary traveler. And then Dale mentions a song that there's a song out there, contemporary song called weary traveler. Well, Gloria and I were on our way here. And guess what came on the radio? Weary Traveler. So the Lord was sending a message of encouragement and the Weary Traveler, and that uh, it talks about Weary Traveler, one day you'll be home. One day you'll be home. And that's, that's what we should be holding on to, is that, that knowing that we are just traveling through, we are sojourners in a foreign world, that this does not belong to us here, But we have a home that is prepared for us in glory. And so with that in mind, we are going to look, we're going to pick up where we left off. And we're going to pick up at verse 10, 1 Peter 1, verse 10. And we're going to look at three verses, 10, 11, and 12 tonight. Now you're, if you suddenly you hear, we're going to look at three verses tonight uh, it may run through your mind. You may ask the question, three verses, we'll never get through this book. <laughs> you know? But the thing about Scripture is you can't rush through it. We must interpret Scripture with Scripture, and that takes time. To find how things connect, the Old Testament and the New, and there are so many truths that if you rush through this, We miss so much that the Lord really would want to use in our hearts uh, through as we journey on. And so that's why uh, we these verses, there's so much rich truth that I think is important for us to slow down and continue to to take it verse by verse and see exactly what God wants us to know uh, through through Peter's uh, writing here. So here we come to verse 10 and 11. We're going to read the two verses together, 10 and 11, because it's one sentence, okay? They're connected. So let's begin verse 10. Peter continues. And he had already talked about this, uh, the wonderful salvation that we have in Christ. Now he writes, as to this salvation... The prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiry, seeking to know 
what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. So as we just read that one sentence, there is so much in here, and so we're going to begin to break it down. Now, we know that God called men who then he uh, gave revelation to, and they were called his prophets. And they would prophesy or give the word of God, the word of the Lord unto the people. And, and they would, whether it's prophecy or they would bring uh, encouragement, they would also bring, bring uh, chastisement from God. And, and everything they said came from the Lord, from the prophets. And prophets were like watchmen on the wall. And they were watching over God's people and watching over the word of God that they were given. And, you know, we have people today that dismiss the Bible as just uh, fairy tales or, you know, it's just an old book of a whole bunch of people just, you know, writing their opinions down and someone threw it all together. But it's incredible when we think that there were 40 writers, 40 different men who wrote the scriptures over a span of 1,600 years. And over that span, if you look at the scriptures as we study it, and you you could say this to anybody, how do we know that this is the word of God? Because it proves itself. Because it proves itself by its unity. For these 40 men, uh, 1,600 years, and yet, there, there is a unity and a harmony with all the writers where the thread of a Messiah and a salvation through him would run through the entire, all the books that we are given. And, we, and so we, we see also by all the prophecies that have been fulfilled that we can look back and see that they've already been fulfilled according to the scriptures. And the scripture, the prophecy was given years and years before it ever occurred. We see that uh, not one prophecy uh, has not been fulfilled uh, up to the certain point up to today. Of course, we have more to come. But here, uh, Peter is bringing up the prophets who wrote concerning our salvation, yours and mine. And these prophecies, notice verse 10, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of what? The grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiry. You see, the prophets, when they were given their revelation and, and spoke, the word of God to the people, but also wrote it down, they did not understand everything that they were, they were writing or they were saying because God gave them limited understanding and limited revelation. The Holy Spirit would put in their minds and hearts what to write down. It came from God. That's why this is God's word. And the Holy Spirit directed these men to write what God wanted them to write down 
And these prophecies that were written concerning the Messiah, which would be Jesus Christ, the coming king, the savior of the world, the, the prophets of old knew that this Messiah was coming and grace was coming, but they couldn't understand it all. And so they, they did inquiry. They checked with other prophets, I'm sure. They read the other writings of the other prophets, and then no doubt they inquired of God, saying, Lord, uh, you just had me write this down. What does it mean? What's, how does it connect to what's coming? And, and, they, and there in verse, verse 11, what, did the, what was their desire? Seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings and the glories to follow. You see, they wanted to know about the the coming Messiah and salvation through him as they were led by the Holy Spirit to write concerning him, yet they did not know the exact time, the person who it would be or the time, but they had the Holy Spirit within them. Peter calls him the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, who was within them and indicating to them as he predicted this, as he, and by the way, that's a capital H there for he, which speaks of God, as he, God, predicted through the prophecies the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. And I want us to turn, and so we're going to jump around a little bit, get ready, get your fingers ready, as we're ready to jump around and see some of these prophecies that were written, and yet the the and we can see from from this side of the cross, we're on the other side of the cross. But I want you to picture yourself as one of these prophets who wrote these prophetic statements, and you can imagine that they don't know anything other than what they wrote or what another prophet wrote. Of course. Uh, one of the first prophecies, we won't turn to this one, but Genesis 3. And of course, that is when uh, God told Satan of his forthcoming son. And you recall in Genesis 3.15, God said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he, which is speaking of the Messiah, the, the Savior, he shall bruise your head, speaking to Satan. But you shall bruise his heel. And of course, we know that what that prophecy means. God saying concerning the bruising of the heel, that is the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was the bruise that's talked about there in that verse. But there's a day. But through his death and resurrection, Jesus crushed the head of the serpent. And one day that is going to be ultimately fulfilled when Jesus takes Satan and casts him in the lake of fire. But turn with me to Genesis 49. So let's go to Genesis 49 together. I want you to see here a prophecy that is Genesis 49.10. Okay. And uh, this is this chapter. In this chapter, Jacob is giving his blessing to his sons. But... Through the blessing, he's prophesying. He's prophesying. And actually, look at verse 8. 
Look at verse 8. We'll start there. Because now he's going to prophesy concerning his son Judah. Verse 8. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the necks of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down to you. And again, he is looking to the future. So what tribe did Jesus Christ, the son of God, come through, born through? The tribe of Judah. So this all concerns the tribe of Judah and the ultimate king who would reign over all the earth. Verse 9. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches. He lies down as a lion and as a lion who dare as a lion who dares rouse him up. By the way, what is one of the titles for the Lord Jesus Christ? The Lion of Judah. That's right. And then verse 10. And here's a prophetic statement by Jacob. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. And of course, when it speaks of a scepter, it's talking about a king, someone who would rule. Nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. To him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Here now, if you have a King James Version, it's also translated, instead of ruler's staff, it's called lawgiver. But it's talking about the, the staff of a ruler that he's holding between his feet and the scepter. Okay, and that, that it shall not depart from Judah, because once it's given to Judah. And then he says, until Shiloh comes. Okay, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Now, the King James Version and the NASB, they use the Hebrew word for translation here as Shiloh. You you have Shiloh there, the word Shiloh, a Hebrew word, which is considered a title for the the Messiah. But uh, the NIV and some other translations translates the the word in Hebrew there, basically, literally as whose it is. Okay, those three words. Whose it is. In other words, who does the sept- whose scepter it belongs to. Whose it is. So, in other words, it could be read this way. The, shep- the scepter shall not depart from Judah until he comes whose it rightfully belongs to who he comes, whose it rightfully belongs to. So in other words, he's talking about the scepter that, will, that we re, the Lord Jesus Christ will receive one day and he will be king of kings and lord of lords. So here we see Jacob and he's prophesying to his children, giving them a blessing. And God's telling him, by the way, when, now when you speak to Judah, this is what I want you to say to him. And I'm sure Jacob is going, Lord, he's probably going, wow, is this really going to happen to my son and his future descendants? That a descendant is going to come through my son Judah and he is going to reign. And he's going to have a scepter that will not never be removed. 
Now let's jump all the way over to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, as we see Peter speaking of the prophets and how they were given the prophecies. Acts chapter 3 and verse, we'll pick it up at verse 19. Acts 3.19, this is Peter's second sermon during this time as the church was beginning to form. He says to the Jews, verse 19, Acts 3, Repent, therefore, and return that your sins may be wiped away, in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things. And that's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be restored. About which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. You see that? Peter is pointing out to the Jews that the prophets spoke of Jesus Christ coming and the restoration of all things through Christ. And it came through the mouths of the prophets in ancient times. And one of those prophets was Moses, as verse 22. Look at verse 22. Moses said, and now he quotes what Moses, what Moses' prophecy was. The Lord God shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed in everything he says to you. And it shall be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Verse 24. And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announced these days. Also announced these days. Here we see, again, Peter is making it clear that God gave the prophets of old partial revelation about what was to come what your salvation was going to be, what grace was going to be offered to you and to me. And as we we realized that the prophets couldn't understand it all, they really didn't have a grasp of it all. Yet we know that that they, they knew that grace was going to be given one day through this Messiah, that God's grace was coming. And how wonderful it is that you and I are on this side of the cross in the resurrection. And so you and I, what Peter is trying to do, and go back with me again now, if you turn to Peter chapter 1, okay, verse 11. And what Peter is trying to do is trying to remind his readers, you and me today, of what a tremendous salvation we have and we know about and experience. And this salvation comes through Christ 
And we are looking at it from the other side. And yet the prophets had many questions about their prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, his sufferings, and the glories which would follow. You know, uh, the psalmist David uh, was one who gave many prophetic statements in his psalms about the Messiah and his sufferings. In fact, turn to Psalm 22. Let's go jump back to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, and we'll pick it up at verse 1. And here's David, again, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being led to write as a prophet. You know, sometimes we think of King David, and we don't think of him as a prophet. We just think of him as the king of, of Judah, you know, the king of Israel. But look at verse 1 of Psalm 22. Now, David's sitting there writing this. And then he writes, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Now, he's speaking about his own suffering, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit is saying, David, I am going to give you prophecies concerning the future suffering of the Messiah who is to come. Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Verse 2. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but thou dost not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Yet thou art holy. O thou who art enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In thee our fathers trusted. They trusted and thou didst deliver them. To thee they cried out and were delivered. In thee they trusted and were not disappointed. And now, here comes the uh, prophecy concerning the Messiah. Verse 6. But I am a worm, not a man. A reproach of men, despised by the people. All who see me, sneer at me, and separate with the lip. They wag the head. By the way, As you hear that term, wag the head, does that ring a bell as to where you've read that before? If you go, if we go to the Gospels and you go to the cross, it is that term is used there as the people who came in front of the cross to mock Jesus and the, the, the people who were supportive of his crucifixion and they, they, and they, they wanted him crucified. And they hated him, and now they taunted him at the cross. And it says they wagged their head at Jesus on the cross. And as they wagged their head, and that was a term they used for, the, for someone who was, would, would be mocking someone, they, what did they say at, at the foot of the cross? What did they say to Jesus? If you are the Son of God, what? Come down off the cross. If you're the son of God, come down off the cross and we will believe in you. You know, show us that you are the son of God. And, and time and time again in the gospels, we read of that someone there at the cross wagging their head at Christ and making statements like that. And yet a thousand years 
earlier, David writes this prophecy, which is written of Christ's crucifixion. Look at verse 8. They wagged their heads, saying, Commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver you. Let him rescue him, because he delights in him. These are the very words that were spoken at the cross. Here is another proof of our salvation that was prophesied by David, by King David, prophesied of the the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, David didn't understand it all as he was, was writing this, but he knew there was going to be a suffering Savior. Though he didn't know who he was and didn't know the, about the cross and other things that to come. Verse 9. Yet thou art he who didst bring me forth from the womb. Thou didst make me trust when upon my, brother's, uh, my mother's breast, upon thee I was cast from birth. Thou hast been my God from my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as, as a raving and roaring lion. Verse 14. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. Here is, of course, statement concerning the thirst of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And thou dost lay me in the dust of death. David continues, for dogs have surrounded me and a band of evildoers have encompassed me. Again, picture the cross. The evildoers were encompassing the cross. And now look at verse 16. The rest of 16. They pierced my hands and my feet. Now, from, from what we understand about ancient times, cruci- crucifying someone, the act of crucifying someone in the way Jesus was crucified was invented by the Romans. And yet here, David... Before this idea of this kind of crucifixion, this execution was ever, ever thought of, David speaks of piercing of hands and feet. Do you see what this does for us tonight, dear Christian? It, it should encourage our, us in our faith that our Savior went to the cross for us, but we see the prophets who were inquiring, wanting to know about the suffering Savior, wanting to know more about this whole story of salvation. Here we are, and we are the recipients of the gospel, which came through the prophets as you put all the pieces together, and then we have the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you and I are sitting here. We know about the blood. We've been washed in the blood and we've been saved and we have a risen Savior. And here we are in the age of grace. Amen. That God has blessed you and I with salvation that, yes, the prophets were saved. 
of course, we know that they were saved by faith, just like Abraham. It was reckoned unto him as righteousness by, because of his faith. And so here, David is making that prophecy. But I want you to turn back with me now to 1 Peter. And as we go back to 1 Peter 1, let's look at verse 12. Then we come to verse 12. Now Peter says, It was revealed to them, to the prophets, that they were not serving themselves, but you. In other words, he's saying the prophets knew they were serving you, which is this, the, the church, this, though the redeemed, those who would yet, who are now saved, that the prophets, what they were all writing about was serving all of us because it was putting forth the gospel that would come to us. In these things which now have been announced to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And of course we have the gospels as, as we have the gospel given to us by all the writers, Peter, James, I mean, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as well as the prophets, but it all comes together as the gospel. Those who were prophets, they preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. In other words, remember that this was all done for you and for me, that we were, that God loved us that much, that he chose us to be here in this time period. And so Peter is trying to remind his readers who are suffering Remember the salvation that has come to you and what God has given understanding to you concerning your salvation, which the prophets didn't understand. But the Holy Spirit preached that gospel to you through them. And I love the end of verse 12. Things into which angels long to look. Things to which angels long to look here he's he mentions the angels that the angels are actually fascinated and wanting to know just like the prophets did they want to look into you and me and they're watching us and they've been watching since since the death and resurrection of our lord jesus christ they are trying to understand grace and the gospel and salvation. The angels have been looking into it uh, uh, ever since. They knew of the prophecies. But remember, angels also did not know the, the ultimate plan of God. God did not reveal to the angels everything that he was going to do. Only God knew that and his son. But the angels, so suddenly they see things unfold. They see the Savior on the cross. They see him put in the tomb. They see him raised from the dead. And now the angels are, are they, they can't grasp it all. That they saw the Son of God, whom they worshiped in heaven, come and, and come in the form of man, put on flesh, and be crucified on a cross. How, how does that 
come to be part of God the Father's plan. And the angels want to look into it. And they have all their questions. And so they've been trying to figure this all out. Because angels are angels. They're not humans like you and I. And therefore, they cannot be redeemed. They can't experience salvation as you and I do. And that's why it says here, Peter says, remember even this. These are things which the angels long to look into. They, they, they wish they could experience the grace that you and I, they see you, they see me, and they see us, what we were before Christ came to save us. And they, he, they look at us now and they see the transformation. And they marvel at what the Lord Jesus has done in your life and mine, they marvel at us. They marvel at the fact that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, indwells you and me, the believer, permanently. They marvel at the fact that one day you and I will be glorified, we will be raised from the dead, and we shall be uh, up in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ, raised up, glorified, to serve and reign with him forever and ever, All this, the angels stand back in awe and wonder. And here we are, that God has revealed to us this truth, the understanding of our salvation. Oh, that we might gain uh, encouragement tonight, dear Christian, tonight, and be, be filled with great joy and gratitude for what God has done in choosing this time and place to put you and me in the, in, in the plan of history and that he would bring salvation to you through his son that we would understand, begin to understand this unfathomable grace that was sent, that the prophet spoke of. My friend, Peter is trying to encourage the saints through this. And may your heart and my heart be encouraged tonight in our salvation, in what the Lord has done for us as we see Christ in all his glory and what he did in our place. Let's pray together. Loving Father, thank you for so great a salvation. Thank you for your precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you sent to Calvary, who took our sins upon himself and bought us, redeemed us with his blood, that our sins might be forgiven, paid for on that cross, and that we today are here because of that redemption. And we know that we have been set apart as your children. We have been born again. We have become your children forevermore. And we have the promise of everlasting life, the promise of heaven and inheritance in Christ. Oh, Father, may we leave here rejoicing. In spite of all the sorrow and the sadness of this life and the pain, may we go rejoicing in our, our Lord Jesus Christ and what you have given to us through him. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.